Well, hello, everybody. So I know the title of this episode, The Miracles of October 7th, might be striking. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about a conversation I was that took place on a chat that I'm on. And I'll give you the story, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay, so basically, here's the story. This is from um, a chayal, okay, who is a soldier, who is, uh, you'll see. It's been a couple of weeks but I have some time now, and I wanted to write about the nis, the miracle that happened to me during those first few days of hell. My unit was called in on Shabbos morning. No Tzav 7, no Yishurim, no official order, nothing. Our brigade commander saw that the South needed a battalion to respond ASAP, and he told us to come in. Four hours later, we got on Humvees and headed straight to Kfaraza. Our weapons had been handed to us on the spot. We had never shot them, didn't have time to clean them. We had no idea if they worked, and the sights definitely weren't zeroed in. The weapons in the reserve units are notorious for being unreliable and usually don't even shoot properly before a good clean, or in some cases, a visit to the armory. That's how we went into a combat. We walked into the yeshuv and were engaged by terrorists within the first few minutes of walking. A few minutes later, we encountered one hiding in a bush with an AK-47 waiting to ambush us. My rifle worked perfectly, firing every shot, cycling every round, hitting what I was aiming at. Not a single jam. I thanked Hashem for giving me a rifle that worked right off the bat. After three days of fighting, I had learned to rely on my rifle completely. On Tuesday night, we finished clearing Kfaraza, were switched out by another battalion, and were sent to a base so we could rest, shower, and finally clean and check our weapons. We went to the range. Immediately, I got a jam. Another round, another jam, and another. They were getting worse. I had to start taking out my pliers on them. I was taking out my pliers on my utility knife to clear them. We ended up having to take it to the armory so they could switch out all the internal parts to basically rebuild it from the inside. The gun just didn't work. It was a broken rifle. It was broken from the moment it was handed to me on Shabbos morning. But for me, in those few days in Kfaraza, it had worked to perfection. So we could do what we needed to do. I heard similar stories. I heard similar stories from many other soldiers in our battalion. I look forward to the day where I can stand in my shul on Shabbos at Kriyasa Torah and recite Berchas HaGomel for this miracle and the countless others that Hashem performed for, for us. He lo yonam Yisrael. Behold, he doesn't sleep in slumber, the guardian of Israel. Of Israel. So, this story is, a, you know, it's an amazing story. And the question is, like, how to, what to do with it, what to think about it. So one person on my chat wrote, I'm having a hard time understanding how anything that occurred on October 7th could be interpreted as a miracle. And that thought resonates with me. On the other hand, someone else said, for some people it was Midas Hadin, and for the people who ran to help, there could be Midas Arachamim. Could be there's Hashem's judgment and Hashem's mercy. And, you know, a lot of, I think it's, you know, I'd be curious for you to think, it might be helpful to pause now and think about it, think, collect your thoughts. One thought which I had initially was that when we have a tragedy which occurs to us, as the Ramam talks about in it's appropriate to think that this is because of our Averos, and it's an Onesh. We recognize Hester Panim, we recognize an Onesh, and when we have an Onesh, we have to recognize that it's because of our veros, and we have to be chosar we have to think into our actions and recognize it because of our sins. 
And there's a certain mood of an onesh, and there's a different mood of a miracle. When you think of Hashem doing miracles, it's not necessarily conducive to uh, tshuva. On the contrary, it's like, wow, Hashem helps us, Hashem's great. And of course, those ideas are true. Hashem does help us, and Hashem's great. But at the same time, there's a response of an of a onesh seemingly should be one of despondency, of brokenness, of feeling the hester upon him, not one of thinking about the miracles. So in that sense, I felt like maybe it's a bit of a distraction to be thinking about this day, this tragic day, and thinking about it in the context of miracles. But I was thinking about it a little bit more, and I thought about Tisha B'Av itself, the saddest day on our calendar the day which is Muchan for Puranas, which is designated for um, punishments, the day which even the thing the Rav held, when they tried to make Yom HaShoah, he thought, no, we can't have Yom HaShoah, we have to have the Teshubav. Teshubav is the day which the worst tragedies happen, and it's the time which we, which we mourn for them. We don't even think like Hashem, Sasan Tfilasi, like in the Pazin Eicha says, like our Tfilas were closed out. We don't daven fully on... On Tishbav, it's almost like we don't say Tishkabal. It's like almost like the day itself. We feel the distance from Hakadosh Baruch It's a tragic, sad day. And there's um, there's interesting. There's a Perikin Tehillim Ayin Tas. I think Chazal talk about this. It says Mizmar LaAsaf, a song for Asaf. Oh God, nations have come into your heritage. They have defiled your holy temple. They have made Jerusalem into heaps. They have given the corpses of your servants as food to the birds of the heaven, the flesh of your pious ones to the beasts of the earth. They have spilled their blood like water around Jerusalem, and no one buries them. We are a disgrace to our neighbors, ridicule and derision to those around us. How long, O oh God, will you be wroth forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? And it keeps going. And Rashi on the spot, as based on Chazal, say, this is Mizmar La'asaf, a song to Asaf? This isn't a song. This is, should be a lamentation. It should say Kina La'asaf. Why is it a Mizmar? It's a, it's a Mizmar sounds like a happy song. And Rashi says, because says, the Pazik and Eicha says, Kilo Hashem es Hamasa. Hashem like um, completed his anger. Right, completed his anger. Spent his fury. And what Kila, how did he spend his fury? How did he take out his anger? The end of the Pazik says, Vayachest Eish B'Tzion. And he like killed a fire and sealed. And Chazal say it's a mizmar and it's a song that Hashem spilled out his wrath on Eitzim and Avanim, on sticks and stones, on the base of Mikdash. And he didn't do destruction to his children. And I think this is like the ideas, and this is why in, in Tishbav, as sad as Tishbav is, the second half of the day, we say Nachim, we talk about the morning lets up the second half of the day. There's a degree, we, we turn to Hashem and look for a comfort the second half of the day in Tishbav. It's really like a split day, and that's why in, in Mincha we say, Nachem Hashem, Hashem should bring consolation to the mourners of, of Tzion. We don't say anything like that in the morning. That's an afternoon prayer. And the idea is in the afternoon is when we commemorate the fact that this idea, that Hashem took out His anger on uh, sticks and stones. And I think the idea is, maybe I heard this from Rabbi Chait, I don't remember. But the idea is, is that Technically speaking, we were deservant of Midas Hadin. According to justice, we really deserve to be wiped out, to be eradicated. And who knew if we would be, if Kayashol would be eradicated in the time of the Chorban. That's what we were deservant of. And Kila Hashem, like he, he spent his anger. His anger was complete, so to speak. And in theory, that may have happened. But, and Kayashol didn't know. But then, when uh, we saw 
that Hashem took out his anger on Eitzav and it means he wiped out the base of Mikdash. And I'm sure there was, there was a lot of bloodshed also. But he didn't destroy Kal Yisrael. He retained Kal Yisrael. Retained, he took out his anger on Eitzav and Vanim, And that was like a certain Rachamim that, um, that we saw that he, he gave us a big patch, so to speak, a big onash, a big punishment. It was terrible. It was tragic. But at the same time, it allowed us to reflect on the fact Hashem is not looking to destroy us, but Hashem is like a Shomer Yisrael, and He's there to, even when He punishes us, like it says, like a father rebukes his son, Hashem rebukes us. So the fact that He took out His anger on the Yitzhak Manavanim, it, it, it gave us a degree of consolation, which we know that it's not all over. As tra- sad and tragic as it is, and as sad and tragic as Tishbav is, the second half of the day, we reflect on Nechama, we reflect on the fact that the punishment, it's not just... Uh, it's not just a empty, purposeless punishment, but the onshim from Hashem is because we sin, and Hashem, at the same time as He punishes us, He also preserves us. And the punishment is a method of preserving us and allowing us to learn from our mistakes and trying to put, set ourselves in a better path. And it also reminds me of the famous story, I'm not going to go through it in depth, but... <coughs> Excuse me. The... Um, the story at the end of Makos, with the, everyone knows the story through Rehakiva, Akiva, that he and the Chachamim went and they saw the, um, like a fox walking on the base of Mikdash, and um, they ripped, and they were so sad, and they were crying, and they saw Rabbi Akiva laughing. He said, why are you laughing? He said, why are you crying? He says, because um, here it is, uh, in this special place where even a Zohar HaKar, if you must, even a non-Kohen isn't allowed there. Now there are wolves on it, or foxes on it, and, you can't, and we're not going to cry. So he says, that's why I'm, la- I'm laughing. Because the pasuk in uh, there's a pasuk in Shaya that says that there's um, there's two nevuas, Orya and Zacharia. What's the connection between it? Says Orya's thing is that lechem beglachem because you Sion Sion will be plowed over like a field, and which is what they witnessed that, that the prophecy that it was basically totally plowed over, like a fox walking on it. But in Zacharia it says O Yeshu Zakein Zakeinus Bechor Yishushalayim. There will once again be uh, young young boys and young girls, or, or I'm sorry, old men and old women on the streets of Yerushalayim. And that's a prophecy about what's going to happen, that there's going to be a redemption. And he says, until the Nebuah of Orya happened, they thought maybe the other one, Zechariah, isn't either. But now that the one of Orya is, uh, I see, happen, so I know that the other one's also going to be uh, going to be fulfilled. That there will also be the second prophecy, namely that there will be again old men and old women on the streets of Yerushalayim. And when he said that, he says, You really give us consolation. And again, on the surface, again, I, maybe this demands a deeper analysis. I think he's saying is, is that, you know, when you have destruction, it almost feels like it's totally, it's all over. God is no longer there. It feels like Hashem is like an enemy. He's gone. There's no, it's all over. The whole vision is over. The whole Kali Yisrael is over. It just has that feeling. But, it's saying is, is when he saw the degree of destruction fit exactly as was prophesied by Orya, it shows that this isn't just chance, that Hashem just left us up to chance, but that there's a plan. This is part of a divine plan. And part of the divine plan has Chorban, and then it has Gula. And it's saying is, part one was the Chorban, and the Chorban, you know, was it as tragic as it was, it's part of a bigger picture. And the end of that bigger picture is... There will be young men, you know, old men and old women on the streets of Yerushalayim, which is the vision of Zechariah. And, and it, it like contextualized for Chazal that as sad as this is, you have to gain perspective and context that it's not a sadness of a tragedy of like a certain sense of uh, like a nihilism, of just emptiness, purposeless, 
That's not what this is. This is an Onesh Hashem. It's part of a design plan. It's part of a bigger picture of bringing Kal Yisrael towards Teshuva, towards bringing us towards a, at a higher level, towards allowing us to recognize our Chatam, towards growing. And the end of this story is the end of a Nebu of Zechariah, of, of Geula, and of Hatzalah. And with that in mind, again, as sad as we think of October 7th, of course, is a tragic day. And we think of Tishvah as a tragic day. And we think of the Chorman being plowed over as the biggest tragedy. But yet, Rabbi Kiva's laughing, and we say Nachem on um, the second half of Tishbav. And maybe there's room for thinking about the events of October 7th, is as tragic as they were, and they were very tragic. And we lost a lot of people, and, you know, the, the aftermath is uh, very, very sad, and, and, you know. But at the same time, there is, it doesn't mean all is over, and all hope is lost, and Hashem has totally abandoned us, because, yes, there's in the midst of Hastapanam, even though Hashem totally abandoned us in the Mikdash, but it says he took out his anger and ate some of So you see, even in the destruction of the, Mish- the Mikdash itself, the Chorban, we recognize the degree of Hashem's uh, Rachamim. So perhaps we could see Rachamim, again, who's to say in this particular Chayel story about his gun? I don't really know. But the idea that there's that when Hashem does punish us, he punishes us in the way of Rachamim. And there's room to see Rachamim, even despite, even in the midst of... Um, you know, tragedy and onshem is part of the mindset, the Midas HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he's, his punishments are like a father rebukes his son. And father rebukes his son, if the son looks closely, he might be able to find the indications that the father is doing it for his own benefit. And the, the Rachman, the mercy, the love of the father could come through. So, you know, while I, and I think it's important to remain, keep the perspective of Onesh in these events, at the same time, Onesh could be defeat, like a defeatist attitude, a broken attitude that it's all over, all hope is lost, there's nothing. But, you know, the, the Onesh is not defeatism. It's a recognition of Onesh and a recognition that we could strive for something better. And we have a Kadosh Baruch Hu, who is a Merachim on us. And he gives us an opportunity to be able to grow and to learn. So, you know, having some positive spin on the events of uh, October 7th, I think is appropriate as much as it is on Tishabav, as much as it is on seeing the terrible tragedy of the Chorah of the Vesemek Desplat over. Okay, so I'd love to hear if anyone has any thoughts, counterpoints. Again, this is one perspective. I'm sure there's a lot of different ways to take this, and you know, there are a lot of these types of chats going around. So, you know, I'd love to hear if anyone has any further comments, thoughts, questions, any of that. Okay, so Mir Hashem will be able to be so good to see the Nebu of Zechariah being Mekuyam, Mimheri Amena. Have a good Shabbos.